following is a recording of Reverend Rainey Denkel at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia on December 8, 2019. Thanks for listening. Awesome job. <laughs> the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May I have the grace to speak in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most of us hate waiting, especially in long lines. An article in the New York Times a few years ago analyzed this phenomenon. Research shows that we greatly overestimate the actual amount of time we spend waiting in a queue. Factors that can make the wait seem shorter include having something to do to amuse ourselves, yay, cell phones, seeing that the next person to be served is the one who has been in line the longest, and being told how long the wait is expected to be. Disney used this research to provide signs estimating wait times at the long lines for various rides and exhibits at Disney World. Advent is enforced waiting. It's a four-week period that church tradition wisely puts between us and the joys of Christmas. It's a time of preparation, including the scurry of choosing gifts and decorating, but also, one hopes, a time of spiritual preparation. It's hard not to be hijacked by commercial Christmas. 
focusing on our own desires rather than the promises of God. It's hard to carve out time to take stock of where we are, to make ready our hearts to receive the most precious gift of all, the love of God. In the spirit of waiting and expectation, here we are on the second Sunday of Advent, and we're confronted with a bizarre character, John the Baptist, living in the desert, wearing rough clothes and scavenging for food. He identifies with the Hebrew prophets, calling us to prepare for the coming of the Lord. Preparation means self-examination, a time of confession and repentance. And the message is harsh. You brood of vipers! Not a warm and fuzzy invitation. Not a message likely to be on anyone's Christmas card. Preparation means confronting the ways in which we have separated ourselves from God. It's significant that John is not located in, in Jerusalem, the traditional center of power for the people of Israel. Instead, he lives in the wilderness, in the sticks, we would say, away from the pomp and trappings of political and religious authority. John is an outsider on the margins. His story links him to the history of the people who escaped slavery from Egypt into a generation of wandering in the desert, a time for them to discover what it means to be God's people, to be formed as a community for living in the land to which God is leading them. It's a time to rely on God's grace and power. John's message to the people under the power of Rome draws on images from their history. It's a call to repentance that is rooted in the trust in God's promise of a coming day, a time when love will rule. John says, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. The prophet Isaiah speaks to tiny Judah whose existence is threatened by the rise of Babylon. He looks to the promised coming of a ruler from the line of David who will usher in the time when the earth will be full of the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. This is a message of hope delivered to people under oppression. It speaks of an expansive view of God's coming reign in which natural enemies are brought together and the harmony that God intends is fully realized for all people. Isaiah gives us the beloved picture of animals whose natural enmity has been transformed into the peaceable kingdom known from the painting by American artist Edward Hicks. The picture seems particularly appealing today when disunity and division have become so apparent in our national life. We long for a time when these divisions can be healed. That is the hope we cling to in these seemingly dark days. But we cannot rush too quickly to this beautiful image without the repentance and reflection that John demands of us. Speaking of Isaiah's pastoral scene, Woody Allen has humorously remarked, the wolf will lie down with the lamb, but the lamb won't get much sleep. <laughs> this is a poignant reminder that calls for unity must be accompanied by a serious understanding of enmity and oppression and conscious efforts to protect the vulnerable.
John the Baptist, the outsider, seems to understand this dynamic. The people coming to be baptized include religious leaders from Jerusalem. John reserves his harshest language for them. Recognizing the difficulty that the powerful have in relinquishing power that has become oppression. It's a natural reaction to cling to authority in the face of challenge to our privilege. John could be speaking to many of us when he says, Do not say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Having the right pedigree will not save us. And in fact, it's likely to be a stumbling block to our understanding the ways in which we participate in and benefit from systems of privilege based on race and class. The promise of the coming kingdom relies on a reordering of power. John's imagery of cutting down trees and refining fires underscores the radical nature of this disruption. It's a vision of peace that is hard won as those on the margin come into the center, newly recognized as fully part of God's reign of love. The restoration that God promises relies on reconciliation that embraces all of creation. The good news is that God is reaching toward all of us, promising reconciliation. Repentance means examining the brokenness in ourselves and in the world of which we are a part and learning to rely on God's forgiveness and mercy as the basis of a new way of living. The notion of repentance is especially meaningful when we experience unease, the feeling that all is not well, whether it's in our own lives or in our community or in the world. It comes when we face the reality of sin, the results of hatred, greed, injustice, fear, and violence that, inhabit all, that all inhabit our hearts, driving us apart from each other and from God. It's the recognition that while God has created us for love, we have rejected this gift and are trapped in the terrible consequences of our choices. Some of you have expressed to me your feelings of despair, fear, and concern for our country, and especially for vulnerable people in the face of the hatred that's been unleashed and continues to thrive in our country. You're frustrated because conversation across these differences seems futile, especially when competing religious claims seem to widen the gap. We long for healing and a restoration of respect for the ability to speak and listen to each other across lines of difference that have been hardened into chasms. It seems particularly appropriate in this Advent to assume a position of humility and reflection in understanding how we have come to be in such a sorry state. It's a time for repentance, not rushing too quickly to demand that the lambs be willing to lie down with wolves not yet tamed. The call to repentance is a call to turn around and see what God is doing. God is restoring wholeness. 
The good news to us is the gift of forgiveness so that we can become part of God's restoration. This means more than being sorry for what we have done. It means changing our direction. Repentance is active and it's relational. The scene of the peaceable kingdom is not of individual animals in their separate heavens. It's of a community of restoration. God is calling us back into relationship with God, with others, and with ourselves. And that is the source of our hope. We read that the people of Judea come out to hear John the Baptist. John's message is one of admonition and acceptance, a message for all, powerful and powerless, rich and poor, religious and lapsed. I'm picturing them lining up along the banks of the Jordan River, waiting to be baptized as a sign of change and purification. They're responding to this call to prepare for a new way of living, a new system that God is bringing into being. And it's a call to us too. In the midst of the confusion and complexity of competing claims of authority, in the midst of a history that has permitted some to thrive and others to remain trapped, we respond to the call to repentance and come to stand in line as well. We move tentatively through painful reflection and toward the promise of a better way. We cling to the hope that God is able to comfort the brokenhearted and set the captives free. We draw courage that there are others standing in line with us. The time of waiting helps bring clarity to our hope. We're called to find a place and time to reflect on the hope that God offers. During these Advent days, find a line to stand in, literally or figuratively. Maybe it begins with lining up for today's communion to seek assurance of God's love. And then after the service, join with other parishioners to purchase a day or a week at camp for a child of East End Richmond, a way that your gift giving may help spread God's message of hope. Maybe it's joining the crowds next Tuesday at the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts as a new sculpture is unveiled, calling us to examine our history of white privilege and its lingering oppression. Maybe it means joining with other concerned citizens, working for solutions to climate change, especially as we understand its devastating effects on the most vulnerable. Repentance means turning and looking for new ways to see God's light in the darkness. We stand and wait with the hope of God's promises in our ears. Sometimes it's hard not to be distracted by the clamor of commercialism or the anxiety of politics. We stand and wait, not in denial of the forces around us, but praying for the discernment and courage to move towards God's healing. May this time of Advent bring us clarity about ourselves and our part in God's peaceable kingdom. And then we will be ready to sing, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Amen.